Fort Worth. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday morning. It's May 13th, 2022, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. Such an important day, of course, with an approved apparition, approved apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, and there's a lot to say about those apparitions, but Doug Keck will be filling us in on special programming related to this feast day of Our Lady of Fatima. He's our first guest, as he is every Friday after our break, after our news and all the information and weather we like to give you every single day here at Catholic Connection. Then at the bottom of the hour for our Fact Check Friday, I know this isn't exactly going to be a shock or a news flash, but what might be a shocker is just how bad it's become. And I'm talking about the way the media cover the abortion issue. And in particular, our friends at Newsbusters with the Media Research Center have done a quick report, some research on the lopsided abortion coverage from the secular media, especially the mainstream networks. The pro-aborts who were featured on the various newscasts the last two weeks have outnumbered, outnumbered greatly the number of pro-life voices. But the statistics may really, really shock you. We're going to talk about this also later this afternoon on Crest in the Afternoon. I'm going to be uh, visiting with Marcus Peter, who's filling in for Al Cresta today. We're going to be talking about that. And we're also going to be talking about a new Catholic saint to be canonized this weekend, along with a number of other wonderful, wonderful holy men and women. And this particular saint from Poland is being considered the next patron of journalists. We'll talk about that this afternoon on Al Cresta's show, Crest in the Afternoon, with guest host Mark Peter. But in the meantime, the bottom of the hour, we're going to be chatting with our friends at Newsbusters, getting some stats on just how bad it is. And doing this, not just to say, oh, okay, no kidding, the media are biased, but we need to be aware of this because sometimes we get caught up in, in, our, in our daily you know, busyness and taking care of our families and working and whatnot, whatever we have to do, our responsibilities, and we hear these things, and we're pounded with these messages over and over again. And unfortunately, many people... Many people, even if they're faithful people, come to believe the lies of the secular media because they're told so often. And the semantics and the slogans are repeated ad nauseum. So it's very important to be able to think critically when you hear these particular stories or see the tweets or see the headlines or stories posted on Facebook or a particular news website. So we'll talk about that with our friends at Newsbusters at the Media Research Center, and then wrapping up a Friday morning with our dear sister, Janet Morana, who's been uh, up at the uh, March for Life in Ottawa. She took time out of her busy schedule to talk to us about her new book, which is entitled Everything You Need to Know About Abortion. But this book is for teens. So Janet Morana joining us at 39 minutes past the hour to wrap up a Friday morning. All right, so the weather forecast Got some severe thunderstorms moving in. Severe thunderstorms and damaging wind gusts, large hail, and a few tornadoes possible this evening over parts of the eastern Dakotas, eastern Nebraska, western Iowa, and Minnesota. Heavy rain leading to a threat of isolated flash, urban and small stream flooding across the northern plains, and it's too bad that California isn't getting some of that rain because uh, pray for the folks. There's really, really bad fires in that area as well, and wildfires are raging in other parts of the country out west. 
Now, normally I would go to the newscast right now at three minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, but I was very moved by a story I saw on CatholicNewsAgency.com, which is posted today, and it had a link to this very powerful letter that was written by Archbishop Lurie from Baltimore, heads up the Bishop's Pro-Life Committee. And it was signed by dozens of pro-life leaders, various states, different organizations, both secular and Christian, by the way. And it's all about mercy. Now, why is this coming up? Well, instead of the world understanding what we're all about in the Catholic Church, as you heard yesterday in the pro-life movement with Monica Flynn from Mommy's Matter, and by the way, she had a great response to that interview. She's heard from people in several states that want to start their own chapter of Mommy's Matter, praise God. So instead of seeing us as people who are offering mercy and love, the media, again, which we'll be talking about at the bottom of the hour in Fact Check Friday, compartmentalize us into these categories of extremists and all we care about is the baby and we just want women to have all kinds of children 10 12 15 children like the old handmaids uh, book right you see these women uh, running around in these red outfits with these bonnets and and claiming that you know we're going backwards that's not the case but then you have even in our own move this happens in every movement you have people who think their ideas no matter how uncharitable or extreme they may be that their ideas are the way to go. And there's been this law being debated down in Louisiana that would punish women who have abortions. And I'm so proud of pro-lifers who stood up and said, no. And so instead of giving you the news, I want to read this letter to you. Now, again, you can go to, it's very easy, go to catholicnewsagency.com. And there's a beautiful story, and it's posted there, and it was written by one of their wonderful writers, Katie Yoder, does a great job. And the headline is, Catholic pro-life leaders say women shouldn't be published for abortions. And it has a link to a story about what's going on in Louisiana. It also has a link to the letter. The letter, by the way, is hot off the press. It was released yesterday, May 12th. So I'm going to share that letter with you because it's an important resource for us to have. We need to be able to respond, and not just to respond, to be on the loving offense as opposed to a defense all the time to be able to tell the truth about what the pro-life issue is and what we are doing and have done for 50 years even before Roe v. Wade in being there where the rubber meets the road for women children and families and by the way most of it done for free vast majority of these things without government money another fact that the media often ignore so Katie writes, more than 70 pro-life leaders, including Archbishop Lori, who leads the U.S. Bishop's Pro-Life Committee, demanding that state lawmakers refuse to punish or criminalize women who obtain abortions. As national and state pro-life organizations representing tens of millions of pro-life men, women, and children across the country, let us be clear. We unequivocally, state unequivocally, that any measure seeking to criminalize or punish women is not pro-life. And we stand firmly opposed to such efforts. So that was part of the letter, and I'm pulling it up right now because there's a link there. And it goes through great detail to explain the problem of abortion, how women have been not only brutalized and their children, but how they've been victimized by this industry. And abortion is an industry. Don't kid yourself. So I'd like to share a majority of this letter with you. I can't read the list of all the names, but as Katie writes in her story, many of the names you'll recognize. 
In addition to Archbishop Lori, there's Jeannie Mancini from the March for Life. There's Marjorie Dannenfelser from uh, the Susan B. Anthony List and a number of other very prominent people who have been at this for a long time in terms of working in pro-life ministry. And what I really think is very important about those who sign this letter is that they come from all types of pro-life organizations, not just Catholic. We have many Protestant brothers and sisters who have terrific efforts. They signed this letter. There are secular pro-life organizations that signed this letter as well. All right, so here we go, and hopefully I'll have time to read the whole thing. It's eight minutes past the hour. If you're just joining us on a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, in our news segment, I am sharing with you a letter released yesterday, an open letter to state lawmakers from America's leading pro-life organizations. To all state legislators in the United States of America, with the leak of a draft U.S. Supreme Court opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito and Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization that appears to show a majority of the court may be in favor of reversing Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, there has been increasing news coverage of state-level momentum to enact laws that protect mothers and their unborn children from the tragedy of abortion. Over the past 50 years, under the shadow of Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton, abortion has taken the lives of more than 63 million unborn American children. But the tragedy of abortion isn't limited to the unborn child who loses her life. The mother who aborts her child is also Roe's victim. She is a victim of a callous industry created to take lives an industry that claims to provide for women's health, but denies the reality that far too many American women suffer devastating physical and psychological damage following abortion. The abortion industry tries to dismiss reports and studies of post-abortive trauma, but even as far back as the 80s, this letter says, there's documentation of the reality of abortion's consequences. And they go on to talk about records of over 50,000 California Medicaid patients, and this goes back to 1989 to 1994, found women who underwent abortions experienced nearly three times more psychiatric admissions in the first 90 days following pregnancy than women who gave birth, and 17% higher mental health claims over the following four years. A Los Angeles Times survey back in 1989 found 56% of women who had abortions, so nearly 60%, and again, this is way back in 1989, felt guilty about them, and 26% mostly regretted the abortion. Subsequent studies, the letter goes on to say, suggesting these numbers may be low, reporting that adverse emotional and psychological effects are sometimes delayed, not surfacing for five or even ten years after abortion. And this is something that is brought out over and over and over again with people who work in ministries such as Rachel's Vineyard and Project Rachel. And if you've ever been to the March for Life and you go to the Supreme Court and hear the women and men talk about their abortion experience, oftentimes they mention they were spiraling down for years and didn't know why until they received abortion healing. The letter goes on to say, and by the way, I'm reading an open letter to state lawmakers, and this was put out yesterday and signed by a number of pro-life leaders and written by the main writer, the Archbishop of Baltimore and the head of the U.S., CCB Pro-Life Committee, Archbishop Lori. Despite promises from her partner to the contrary, a woman's relationship will often dissolve following an abortion. The clinic staff is gone, and the woman has no desire to return to the place she associates with failure. Even friends who know about the abortion hesitate to bring up the subject. When this happens, she is left to deal with her pain, her doubts, her questions, all alone. 
Women are victims of abortion and require our compassion and support, as well as ready access to counseling and social services in the days, weeks, months, and years following an abortion. As national and state pro-life organizations representing tens of millions of pro-life men, women, and children across the country, let us be clear. We state unequivocally that any measure seeking to criminalize or punish women is not pro-life. And we stand firmly opposed to such efforts. If the Supreme Court does overturn Roe v. Wade, they will be honoring the unambiguous division of powers described in the Constitution, returning abortion policymaking back to our elected state and federal legislators. This will be a tremendous opportunity for states to create durable policy that can stand the test of time. But in seizing that opportunity, we must ensure the laws we advance to protect onboard children do not harm their mothers. We are America's leading advocates for life. We come from very different backgrounds and perspectives, but we are united in our mission to protect unborn children and American women from the greed. And let me emphasize this one more time, greed of the abortion industry. We have been in this fight for decades, the letter says, many of us dedicating our lives to the cause. We understand better than anyone else desire to punish the purveyors of abortion who act callously and without regard to the dignity of human life. But turning women who have abortions into criminals is not the way. There's much more in this letter, and what's really great about this is it has so many footnotes. And all the research that is quoted in this beautiful letter you can easily find. You can go to catholicnewsagency.com. Look for Katie Yoder's story. The link to the story about what's going on in Louisiana is there, as well as a link to this letter. You can also find it on the usccb.org page, and we'll put a link to it on the Catholic Connection Archive today at avemariaradio.net slash archives. This is an open letter to state lawmakers. Do not think or let other people have you think that the pro-life movement doesn't care about women and wants to punish women. That is a message of the left. And they've been very good at compartmentalizing us and painting us as extremists. Have a copy of this letter available. Have a link to it. Share it. And let people know that we care about everyone from womb to tomb. The mother, the child, the family. Open letter to state lawmakers. Released yesterday, May 12th. Carol Tobias, National Right to Life. Marjorie Dannenfelser, Susan B. Anthony List, Archbishop Lori. Committee on Pro-Life Activities, USCCB, Jeannie Mancini, March for Life, Catherine Glenn Foster, Americans United for Life, Eric Scheidler, Pro-Life Action League, Ralph Reed, Faith and Freedom Coalition, and on and on and on and on. Beautiful people involved in the pro-life movement across the country. New Wave Feminist, Destiny Hurden de la Rosa. So many people standing up for the beauty and the truth of the human person from womb to tomb. We'll be right back. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University. 
your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program is written by... A battle is raging in America for the plight of the unborn. Now is the time to pray and to get involved. Do not miss the new award-winning movie, The Matter of Life. The Matter of Life has been hailed as the best film ever produced concerning the unborn and can be seen for two nights only in a theater near you. Visit FathomEvents.com now to reserve your tickets for May 16th or May 17th. That's FathomEvents.com. F-A-T-H-O-M events.com. It's a matter of life. Abortion. Pornography. Embryonic stem cell research. Corporate contributions to Planned Parenthood. Do you invest in companies that are engaged in these practices? The Ave Maria Mutual Funds do not. And their investment portfolios reflect that. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Peace to Our Lady of Fatima. May 13, 2022. Good to be with you. Always great to have Doug Keck on with us. He's our Chief Operating Officer and President of the Network. And beautiful feast day. Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. And I know you had great coverage on the um, March of Life Ottawa. Uh, I was talking about that yesterday. So, All right, uh, Kevin Dunn. Another yep, great mm-hmm. job but our, our pal up there in Canada. And busy, busy week. Lots going on. And I imagine lots of programming related to the feast day today, too. Of course. Last night we started with the vigil. Uh, our Lady of Fatima's uh, number one uh, you know, at EWTN, along with all the other apparitions of Our Lady. But personally, I love Our Lady of Fatima. And uh, so this afternoon, we've got Holy Mass in honor of Our Lady of Fatima. That's coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, so you can check that out. And uh, tomorrow, we've got a couple of programs, uh, Fatima and the Popes. Uh, takes a look at uh, the apparitions. This is a special uh, Blessed Mother, beginning with uh, what was going on when uh, Pope Benedict XV was there through Pope Benedict XVI. And then, of course, a very uh, popular movie, Apparitions at Fatima, is going to be on tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as well. Um, it's, It's such a wonderful, wonderful story. If your family's not aware of it, for whatever reason, you really need to get up to speed on Our Lady of Fatima. It's, it's a great uh, program for kids because of the kids involved in it, and uh, and it's really eye-opening, and it's a great way to you know connect to our mm-hmm. Blessed Mother. Then coming up on Sunday, we've got a whole slew of uh, canonizations, including yeah. um, Blessed Charles de Foucault. Uh, years ago, we ran a, it, the White Marabout. I remember that uh, program we had very early on when I first joined EWTN. It's live at 4 a.m. Eastern, but then we'll re-air it at noon Eastern time on Sunday, so if you can check that out. We've got Sunday Vesters and Benediction with our own Friars at 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday as well. Next week, True Devotion to Mary. It's a really great four-part miniseries. It was done Mm -hmm. by uh, a very powerful priest, Father Frederick Miller, a priest who taught in seminaries and had a lot of impact on our own Friars. And next week, He's back. Dr. Ray Garendi shows up on the John Joy Show. Thanks for the warning. He's, he, 
But the, the thing I can't figure out, I did this interview. He's got a book called Living Calm. I'm like, what? Living what? what? Living Calm. Uh, do you put Living Calm and Dr. Ray together? Absolutely that's... not. I just talked to him yesterday on the phone. We were chatting a little bit yesterday. Oh, my right. gosh. That's so, so funny. you can imagine this is very going to be a very interesting interview. So people check Hey, that not, out. not to, not to, to uh, uh, nitpick at Ray, but shouldn't it be, shouldn't it be Living Calmly? Isn't it uh, Well, you know, yeah, he was becalmed <laughs> at the time. I don't know. He probably will not take responsibility for whoever put the name in there. Just but I'll it. pass that along and make sure you're the one who pointed it out. Okay. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm sure he will. So that, yeah. that gives you an idea. And if you missed any of our, our coverage, obviously, of the March for Life up in Canada, I'm sure you can check it out on our on-demand YouTube pages uh, until they take it down, you know, at least on YouTube. You never know. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to the coverage of the Saints because, boy, there are some really interesting people that I didn't even... It, you, you see these things and you read these people, like, where were we? We didn't know about them. Then we have, uh, his name escapes me, I'm going to be talking about it this afternoon on uh, Crest in the Afternoon, the Polish uh, Blessed, who's going to be um, canonized, or, uh, and he is now considered to be the new patron saint of journalists because he was sounded right. a lot like, in terms of his life, uh, a lot like Maximilian Kolbe. Like Kolbe, like right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think this is great uh, because... As we've always said, you know, the the saints are our older brothers and sisters, and in times especially when we feel like the church is being persecuted, uh, it's good to remember these soldiers in the faith, the members of the church militant who, you know, are, are now uh, ascended, but, you know, and they're great examples for us to realize uh, that these were regular, you know, uh, bl blood and flesh people who transcended their own shortcomings and fallings because of their faith in the Lord, and they, they stayed steadfast. And because of that, we know them their names today, or we will shortly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's interesting about, I know you've attended many a canonization, but it happens so quickly during um, the Mass, and, and you could miss it, I mean, if you're not paying attention, right. you know, because right. they make the announcement. But here it is, I have his name. He died, actually, in the uh, Dachau concentration camp. Right. And right. he That's was right. um, actually from, he was a Dutch Carmelite priest, uh, his name is Titus Bransma, who took a stand mm -hmm. against the Nazis during World War II. He reminds me, though, a lot of, because of his work and his stance, a lot of Maximilian Kolbe, who was also considered a patron saint of journalists. Right, right, who obviously was Polish. Absolutely. Right, exactly, yeah. So, well, this is beautiful. So this is coming up Sunday. Now, and you mentioned that Our Lady of Fatima is your favorite apparition. Why? Absolutely. I guess why, because when I was in fifth grade, uh, I, I was looking for a book to read, and, and my, the sister, uh, Sister Mary Helene, uh, she had a little uh, bookcase on the side, and I picked up a book, and it was on uh, the apparitions of Fatima. And I just, uh, from that time on, I always had a connection with that. And I love the CCC uh, cartoon uh, that was done years ago, and uh, my kids growing up loved it uh, as well. And so, uh, you know, and, and I always have a story. Uh, we were we were doing the uh, when the shepherd children uh, were being. Um, Francisco and Jacinto were being, I think, made blessed this number of years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we we were losing the feed and having problems. And I was standing in in our in our TOC, and I just said, "Okay, kids, if you want want the world to see this, you're going to fix it." And right away, everything was fine. So I can't say what happened, but so <laughs> I, I always had a great uh, affinity for those three kids. 
Well, you know what I think is really cool? I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you, but what's great about your website, ewtn.com, that if you mm-hmm. have a question about an apparition or a document, in addition to the programming, radio, TV, all the, the right. great stuff on the website, you can also find the documentation, the catechism, the different summaries, uh, not right. just of, obviously, the approved apparitions, but of all of our teachings in the church, which is really, really Absolutely, great and that's, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Colin, our VP of Theology, and his team, uh, which assembles those documents, and then Jeff Hahn's team on our online department to make sure all that stuff gets posted exactly like you said because there's there's layers to everything you know might be somebody who just you know wants to watch the cartoon and then moves into seeing the movie and then wants to know more and find out about books that might be available through catalog or someplace else or then go wants to go back like you said and see oh here's the official documents and realize these things are all backed up they're all connected right right and i think there's a lot of misunderstanding even among catholics about what we believe and why, you know, how the church goes through the process, because I think it's important to understand, and looking outside from it, if you, if you don't understand how it works, the church goes through great lengths to, right. to see if these are actually real. Absolutely, and, um, you know, I think one of the things that's uh, interesting for people today would be, obviously, the apparitions, and one of the programs we did was we literally made sure we could document each one of Our Lady's apparitions. So we did a program on Our Lady of Fatima where we took each time and and and, record, and recounted exactly her saying exactly what was reported she said so that people understood each one of them individually and could appreciate it. And also, I think for all of us, you know, we see the vision of obviously the Holy Father being, uh, you know, shot uh with that happening and but also the vision of hell there's a lot of people out there today who were questioning whether a there's a hell or b anybody's in it well if our lady of fatima and and what the kids say oh, yeah. was mm-hmm. what they saw what they saw there's a hell and there's people cascading into it well you, you, god doesn't send you to hell you make that decision right, yourself absolutely. by rejecting him but yep. it's there it's all through scripture as well and i don't know yep. why people don't remember that doug thanks have a great weekend appreciate all the great things that you do at ewtn check out all the great programming today and over the weekend a lady of fatima and of course the canonization of 10 new catholic saints ewtn.com for all the details Fact Check Friday coming up, taking a look at the stats in terms of biased abortion coverage related to the Supreme Court leak. Up next. Discover the healing power of God. Dawn of Mercy, a ministry that serves women and men who have been harmed by sexual violence, tending to both their emotional and spiritual needs, is hosting its next retreat for women on Friday, June 3rd through Sunday, June 5th. Come renew your dignity, share your story of trauma in a safe environment, and embrace the truth about your self-worth, dignity, and goodness. Visit dawnofmercy.org to register. All inquiries are kept strictly confidential. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and longtime sponsor of GRN. I have been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese for the past eight years, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. 
Plans are underway for the 14th annual Summer Speaker Series event benefiting KTH 9:10 a.m. It's Thursday evening, July 21st at the Frontiers of Flight Museum in Dallas with guest speaker Bishop Joseph Strickland who will speak on Engage in Battle, Empowering the Lady in 2022. Tickets will go on sale Thursday, May 26th at summerspeakerseries.com. Come escape the heat, hear an inspiring talk, be treated to some tasty food and wine, and catch up with your friends at the July 21st Summer Speaker Series event. Are you looking for a tax preparer this year to help you with your personal or business tax filing or management? At Balance Book LLC, they can assist with business and personal tax returns, accounting services, sales tax, payroll, business formations, and more. They can be reached by calling 972-805-5095, or you can visit them at 4425 West Airport Freeway, Suite 122, Irving, Texas 75062. Balance Book LLC, a new sponsor of the GRN and members of Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Duncanville. I'm shocked, I'm shocked, I tell you, that there's gambling in this establishment. Famous line, of course, uh, from Casablanca. You can apply it, of course, (laughs) to what we're going to talk about this morning. We're not exactly shocked that there's bias in the media when it comes to abortion and so many other issues. But I'll tell you what, when you look at the numbers, they're an eye-opener. That's why we really enjoy having our friends from the Media Research Center, in particular, News Busters, Curtis Houck, the managing editor, with us. And this is our Fact Check Friday segment, Curtis. I started this uh, in 2020, leading up to the election, because there was so much misinformation and fake news that I uh, tried to help our listeners uh, and all of our EW10 followers better discern the media. So you and I know this well in terms of what we deal with, uh, with our backgrounds and whatnot, but the, the numbers really are very staggering and eye-opening. So what did you find? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And it is a, it's really helpful always to put numbers to things, even if it's not exactly surprising. So we looked at the morning and evening broadcasts of ABC, CBS, and NBC from uh, May 3rd, which is the, the morning after the leak of the draft opinion, through May 10th. And and we looked at those because, you know, for as much social media talk as you may get for CNN and MSNBC and Stephen Colbert and those kind of far-left shows, these ne- these newscasts still actually have far and away more viewers. So just to, important for people to know that. Sure. And we found that 153 pro-abortion uh, advocates were featured versus only 57 pro-life advocates. Wow. So... um CBS was by far the worst with 61 sound bites from abortion advocates to just 17 from pro-lifers. Uh, oh 53, gosh. 27 NBC, 39 to 13 for ABC. Uh, that The only reason that number's lower is because they uh, are, we, we often say that they're the more superficial network of the two. They kind of plow through their stories because they'd much rather talk about, like, barbecue battles or like you know all those like cooking stories yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. feature stories yeah Mm -hmm. so what's the significance for our listeners and why is this important yeah because i think if you're everybody i was gonna say we're preaching the choir we everybody knows the horrors of abortion and they know about where the media stands that they are a mortified of going against their base which is all of these rapidly pro-abortion groups Two, you know, they believe that they are in the right, so there's really no need to engage in both sides, as we heard this a lot during the Trump era. And then three, it just doesn't occur to them that you should probably provide balance and actually explain the position of pro-lifers. 
So you have that, uh, but I think it's, these numbers are important for people to keep in mind as you're talking to family members yes, or just exactly. acquaintances who aren't exactly uh, in the know as you are or like you or I who are engaged in the, all of this for a living um, because people have actual jobs, other jobs outside of uh, the media and you know policy and politics to just let them know that when they turn on the news, what they're getting is not exactly the way it should be. But also, Curtis, I think that, uh, unfortunately, even though um, outfits like ours and yours are, are, are growing and, and getting more readers and, and listeners and viewers, the vast majority of people, unfortunately, are still getting their information from the CBSs, NBCs, ABCs, and, and of course, some right. of the uh, cable uh, broadcast networks. And so their their view of these issues is completely different and is completely tainted because of everything they've heard that has been pounded into them. Uh, for you know decades and and this is why it's important to understand where people are coming from when you look at the fact that and I'm reading this from your report viewers of the programs almost three times more likely to see strident pro-abortion supporters such as Hillary Clinton Elizabeth Warren and Planned Parenthood President Alexis McGill Johnson and they were pro-life advocates for example such as a live action founder and president Lila Rose or for example Senator Mitch McConnell so these voices that they're hearing not only are pro-abortion, but they're the ones who are echoing these slogans and the emotions and the lines that, that we've heard, again, as I said, ad nauseum for decades. And now, because this is going back to the states, finally, I think they're going to have to learn how to debate this from fact, but they can't. They're going to be in trouble. But people need to know what's going on here, and we need to be able to explain to them the reality of the situation. That's why this is so important. Yeah, and I'll just give you a more recent example outside the parameters of our study. We just had yesterday, on Thursday, we had CBS Morning talk about the uh, failed Senate vote uh, from Senator Schumer. They were running around saying it would codify Roe v. Wade. Not true at all. You know, I mean, it would have invalidated nearly every state law, removed waiting periods, mm-hmm. you know, banned states that... Oh, abortionists inform women of alternatives, struck down state laws about religious liberty. Parental notification. Specific abortions, parental right. notification. The list goes on and on, and you don't have that in these stories. They just say, oh, to codify Roe v. Wade, and that's the other problem with polling. They say, oh, two-thirds of Americans support Roe. Well, you know, Americans who don't have the time to really kind of figure out, sit down and understand what they actually mean. They just ask in general about roads. So people say, oh, my gosh, well, of course, um, you know, this is terrible. Whereas, actually, if you break it down, once you actually get more specific and you actually ask people, do you believe that abortion, you know, just for the sake of time, do you believe that abortion should be legal in the third trimester? And then you get massive numbers swinging the other way. Right. 70, 80% saying no. And they don't want to do that. And and they could make the time argument, but I think that's that's just an excuse. Well, here's here's another example. By the way, if you're just joining us on Catholic Connection, 34 minutes past the hour, talking with Curtis Houck, the managing editor of Newsbusters, on the report regarding the lopsided, extremely lopsided pro-abortion uh, coverage regarding the the leak of the draft opinion on Roe v. Wade. And I, I, my husband, um, you know, sometimes when I'm putting together my newscast, I, he hears me screaming from down the hall. Um, it, it's just incredible, the stories because that I have to go through every single morning. And there was a particular story this week that was discussing after some of the protests outside St. Pat's Cathedral and, and St. Old St. Pat's in New York. And one of the reporters went inside the church 
or talk to people afterwards, actually, to ask questions. And he was talking about the coverage and talking about the fact that the, that the protesters were out there, the abortion protesters. But then he said, meanwhile, most Catholics here are pro-choice. What does that have to do with anything? And how does he know that most are pro-choice? Did he conduct an official survey? But he had to get the angle in that, see, they're protesting outside, you know, against the Catholic Church, but... Catholics are pro are pro abortion. They always have to slip that message in there when it had nothing to do with the actual subject matter, which was about the abortion the abortion protests that were getting dangerous. Yeah, again, that goes against basic news gathering. Exactly, they're there to report on protests and kind of the who, what, where, when, why, how, and you're just kind of adding that little kind of jab in there, um, and it can be subtle. You can do that, and that's one of the things with sound bites and the way a story is structured. You know yep. this, that kind of what is the last sound bite? How does the story start? You know, do you lead with the abort, and then you kind of just tuck in a pro-life sound bite, just kind of in the middle without mm-hmm. any illusion, some summation of it? Um, because yeah, how you start a story and how you end a story on television or radio in particular in those mediums is really. Uh, it, it can speak a lot because it's the last or first thing or last thing that people are left to mind of yours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Curtis, where do we find this latest report from Newsbusters? Go to newsbusters.org. Newsbusters.org. And our story is yes, you'll see it in all caps life sided pro board swamp pro lifers 153 to 57 in Nets Go to Stories by our Jeffrey Dickens. Excellent information. Curtis Houck, managing editor of Newsbusters at the Media Research Center, newsbusters.org, for more information on this survey. Up next, speaking of pro-life, all things life on your pro-life radio and TV network, Janet Miranda from Priest Her Life and EWTN, her brand new book, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens. We'll be right back. Hi, Julie Carrick here, host of We Sing Our Faith, sharing the music and ministry of many of today's Catholic recording artists. I am delighted to be the host of this weekly program on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time. Julie Carrick with We Sing Our Faith, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central, here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Do you want a faith-filled Catholic community where your child will thrive? Discover Immaculate Conception Catholic School in Denton, where your child will receive the very best spiritual foundation, along with excellence in education. ICCS serves 250 students ages 3 through 8th grade. Whether it's living the rosary, the celebration of the Mass, or the formation of saints, scholars, musicians, and athletes, Our Lady School is the place to be. For more information, call 940-381-1155 to arrange a tour or visit catholicschooldenton.org. Give the gift of life by donating blood. Shortages of all blood types occur during the summer months. To help with this shortage, Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Alito is hosting a blood drive through Carter Blood Care on Sunday, May 15th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. The mobile blood drive will take place at 16250 Old Weatherford Road in Alito. To sign up and for more information, visit the parish website at holyredeemeralito.org. 
you need a new branding strategy that allows you to educate and engage with your local community while building trust and credibility? Decided Excellence Catholic Media offers a very unique branding platform which showcases you as the expert in your industry. Our exclusive publications are open, read, kept, and shared with thousands of readers and communities throughout Texas and nationwide. To learn more about our powerful branding solutions, please contact Doreen Cheney at dcheney at decidedexcellence.com. That's D-C-H-A-N-A-Y at decidedexcellence.com. Friday is going well. Welcome back. About 40 minutes past the hour. Great to catch up with my sister, Janet Morana, co-host of the Catholic View for Women every Sunday night on EWTN and also, of course, a host of Defending Life and the co-founder of Silent No More, executive director of Priest for Life, noted pro-life speaker and author. Another book fresh off the presses, hot off the presses, as we say. I was proud to endorse it. Everything you need to know about abortion for teens. And, J.M., I think one of the most unique things about this book is the photo album, Smack in the Middle of It. Good morning. Good morning, yes. I was so pleased that my publisher let me do that. And, yeah, there's a photo album of the unborn child, and it's the baby talking to you. And it starts at showing beautiful pictures of the unborn child starting at seven weeks. And I really wanted that in there because, as you know, the abortion industry with chemical abortion is targeting those babies in the very early stages of development, and everyone's trying to pass it off like no big deal. And so <clears throat> this baby talks to them and says, you know, at 28 days my heart started beating, and look at me, I can do this now, and I can do that now. And you can see the little fingers and the little toes, aren't they cute? <laughs> so I'm hoping, as they say, a picture worth a thousand words. Right. You know, even if they don't start reading the whole book in an entirety, They'll see these pictures, and that cuts through the lies. So yeah, I love it. It says, I, you know, I am an embryo. I am now a fetus. Here I am at 12 weeks. I'm three months old now. I'm four months old now. It's just, it's so precious. And the development and the detail in these photos, Janet, amazing. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm just grateful that my publisher said, yeah, let's just put a photo album in the middle of the book. <laughs> so it's good. But, you know, <clears throat> This book really is for adults, too. So it says it's for teens. The difference is I'm talking to the kids, you know, saying to them, this is how it was back then. If you don't believe me, ask your parents and grandparents. You know, I show them how things were. First of all, you know, in researching the book, here's an interesting fact, and this kind of connects with the craziness going on right now about overturning Roe. I researched when was the first time that we heard of a woman attempting to terminate her pregnancy. Do you realize it was in 1500 B.C. in Egypt? Wow. That was the first recorded time. And then I, I looked into colonial America, and in the 13 colonies, they were split. Some colonies allowed abortion to quickening, which means when the mommy can feel the baby stir, and other colonies had laws banning abortion, saying, no, mother cannot terminate her pregnancy. So this whole idea of, you know, that's why overturning Roe is so important because it takes the Supreme Court out of out of the legislative branch of government, which is where they shouldn't be anyway. And, and it just gives the rights back to the federal and state legislators. But in researching the book, I found out that ah, even in colonial days, our country was split on, on abortion. Imagine. Wow. So I, what I, I think is so, is so tragic but so important <laughs> about your book, and by the way, if you're just joining us on a Friday, we're chatting with Janet Morana, her latest book, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion. Uh, Janet, before my next statement or comment on the book and also a question, what's the website? You do have a landing page for the book, correct? Yes, I do. It's abortionandteens.com. Abortionandteens.com. Go there, place an order. I will personally autograph it to you. 
And like I said, good for teens. That's who I, you know, wrote the book for. For them, <clears throat> but adults will learn a lot too reading this book. And I, I love the fact that, that you're saying adults can learn a lot about it because, unfortunately, if we look out at this at this meltdown and the craziness over the, the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade that's happened in the last two weeks, you see a lot of young people being drawn into this by their parents who are giving them really bad information. And I even saw a horrible clip on The View. Uh, there's not too much on the, view, good on the View anyway, but a clip with an actress who was sharing TikTok videos that her daughter did all about promoting abortion. This actress was crying. She was so proud of her daughter for doing these videos. I'm like, are you oh. kidding me? Yeah, it's sad. It really is. <clears throat> but I'm hoping the book will just... Well, first of all, too, I have a very unique perspective because... Not many people can say they personally knew Norma McCorvey, the Jane Roe, the Roe v. Wade. I also knew Sandra Kano, uh, the Doe of Doe v. Bolton. And I knew Dr. Bernard Nathanson, the architect who started this whole abortion industry thing. So <clears throat> what I tell the kids is, you know, I tell them about those characters and how, how it all got woven. You know, stories like Sarah Weddington, the lawyer that had Norma sign on the dotted line, well, she had an abortion in Mexico when she was in law school. So she had her own agenda. You know what I'm saying? There was, mm-hmm. there was all kinds of hidden agendas among these attorneys that, that took advantage of Norma and Sandra. And so I show the kids it was built on lies. I mean, I show them the lies that Dr. Nathanson told us. When he converted to being pro-life, you know, he said, oh, women in back alley abortions, we pulled that figure out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the facts, he said 10,000 women die every year, okay, back alley abortions. And in fact, it was less than 100. Wow. Imagine it. Yeah. So I show the kids, you know, what they say, just check the facts. They said, we're going to just check the facts. And here are the facts. Uh, and, and I also show them that, I mean, this also should help everyone screaming now about the Roe v. Wade thing. Think about, Teresa, 1973. We really didn't have ultrasounds, okay, so we didn't see the unborn child. You didn't know if you had a boy or a girl to, to in the delivery room when the baby came out, all right? That's the way things were back then. Uh, pregnancy centers were almost non-existent. Handfuls of maternity homes where if a woman, if a teenager was pregnant out of wedlock, he got sent off to some home somewhere to have the baby and put it up for adoption. I mean, that's what we had in 73. Mm-hmm. Now, 2,700 pregnancy centers uh, are all over our country, so we outnumber now the abortion clinics four to one. So these are the kind of facts I show the kids. You know, we're in a different climate now. There's safe haven laws in every state in our nation where a woman, you can walk into that hospital, give birth to the baby and walk out. Say, I can't do this. Please take the baby and leave. So there's no reason why they have to have abortion to birth. They can walk in, deliver the baby, and leave. So How much information, no- though, and this is why your book is so important. And by the way, we're talking with Janet Moran her latest book, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens. And again, we have a, a page we can lead you to to get the book, and she'll sign the copy for you. This is the thing that's so frustrating for you and us who are who are in the pro-life movement and all the folks out there who work so hard, is that we have this information, we sound like broken records, we keep repeating it, and yet when you see the coverage in the media, they are clueless. Uh, and I believe that many of them do not know, because I've had conversations with many in the media who are not even aware of this, you know, uh, of this movement called Pregnancy Resource Centers. And you've got Janet Yellen, and that's really been, been keeping me occupied this week and, and looking at her ridiculous statements uh, the other day when she's talking to Tim Scott, of all people, uh, Rep. Tim Scott, who's very pro-life, African-American, who came up from uh, very difficult circumstances, and he challenged her on this, claiming that, oh, no, uh, these teens, and she targeted teens in her discussion, saying, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of teens, minority teens, that they need abortion or else they're never going to be able to fulfill, have a fulfilling life. 
this information, she obviously is not connecting the dots or has not been exposed to this information, and many other people like her. Absolutely. Well, that's what I'm doing with the kids. I am basically showing them the whole story. You know, this is how it started. This is how it happened. Here's what's going on. And then I take on, as I did in my other books, uh, Rape and Incest, Life of the Mother and a Fetal Anomaly. And again, with just the facts, I show them. There's no reason why you ever have to have an abortion. And I show them how with rape and incest, the women who were raped and then were pressured and aborted were more traumatized than the ones that who were raped and gave birth to the child, whether they raised the child or made an adoption plan. And there was a study done by Dr. Raven, uh, David Reardon of the Elliott Institute, and mm-hmm. the results are very crystal clear that women who were rape and give birth do much better than women who are raped and aborted. So, again, I tell the kids just the facts. Don't listen to all the rhetoric out there, but listen, and then listen to the testimonies. And I show them, you know, I quote some testimonies in there. Um, so I try to cover the whole nine yards, including fetal anomaly, uh, you know, and all that. So hopefully, 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 some hearts and minds will be ch- changed. And the other thing that's different about this book than my other books is I also cover uh, for the kids what, you know, having a hookup culture, friends with benefits, having sex just to have some of your friends, uh, how damaging that is for you both physically, psychologically, and spiritually. And I, of course, show them about chastity and some good resources and information on that. And then finally at the end, Teresa, there's an appendix that shows them the pro-life movement. So I kind of introduce them why there's so many pro-life groups and who they are and their website. So hopefully they'll use it as a tool to get involved and get educated. Continue, like a continuing education is the way I look at it. So I know you were writing this for teens, but you also had other folks in mind. How can this book be used? Can it be used at the parish level, uh, maybe with, oh, with, with kids? What do you think? Well, I would love direct, uh, DREs, Directors of Religious Education, to get the book. In fact, any DRE wants this book, I will send it to you free of charge, just so you can read it this summer. I'd like to see you incorporate that into your religious education come the fall semester, meaning kids who are getting confirmed, you don't teach them about Evangelium Vitae, at the Gospel of Life, and show them why abortion's wrong. This book would be perfect, perfect for them to read and really understand and have a dialogue. And I am willing to do Zoom conferences with kids. Like if you have, if you do a little book thing where they read the book and they want to have, okay, let's have a Q&A with Janet, I'm perfectly willing, no charge. Just I'll do Zoom meetings. I'll do education things. But I think it's really a must for every youth group uh, in every parish uh, to have a, a book reading with the kids and then discuss because it will educate them. I mean, that's my whole goal, Teresa, because like you said, they they get all this garbage from the media, which is not truthful statements, and this is an opportunity to really dice up the issues step by step and look at the history, see where we're going, and be empowered with the information. And then, of course, the photo album of those babies. I mean, if that doesn't convince them that you can't kill that baby when its heart is beating at 28 days, then, you know. So I really want to make it available to everybody uh, to really change hearts and minds because, as we always say, Teresa, whether abortion is legal or illegal, we want to make it unthinkable that nobody right. would ever want to offer that to anybody. You know, but the shame of the thing is, legality gives permission, as we know. Mm-hmm. And by the testimonies of women from Silent No More, there were so many of them that would never have considered abortion uh, had it not been legal. In fact, uh, one of our regional coordinators, her name is Melissa Hempel. She doesn't mind me telling you this. Uh, she's our RC out in Idaho. 
she had her abortion in the spring of 1973, and I was just chatting with her the other day, and she said, yeah, like with the, because I said, well, how do you feel now that this Roe v. may overturn? She goes, how do I feel, Janet? This is how I feel. I could have my baby if it wasn't for Roe. Wow. My mother, I was a teenager in high school when I got pregnant, and my mother, you know, used the whole abortion legal. Now, this is, this is how we're going to handle this as a way out. But if it wasn't legal, my mother would never have forced me to have that abortion, and I would have my baby right now. He'd be 49 years old. Wow. So those are stories that people have to hear. You know, that if it wasn't for that, I'd have my child right now. I wouldn't have this regret. And in her case, because of damage to her abortion, when she later married and wanted the family, like we hear, she had an atopic pregnancy because of a tubal damage done, that was damage done to her during her uh, abortion. She was never able to conceive a child when she wanted one. She ended up going on and adopting this child. But, you know, most of the time, this, this is so sad that I could have had my child if it wasn't for Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why this book is so important. What a great, great resource. The book is Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens from our dear sister Janet Morana, so well known to the EWTN TV and radio audience. She is the host of Defending Life on EWTN and has been for years a co-host with me on The Catholic View for Women on Sunday evenings. And she's also the co-founder of Silent No More. But that's not all. Wait, there's more. She's the executive <laughs> director of Reads for Life. So I'm really, really hoping this book gets into the hands of as many, many people, especially Janet High Schools and even grade schools, too, because kids are, are hearing about so much at such young ages now. That's right. And, you know, I'm, of course, privileged, Teresa, that you endorsed it. But in addition, do you know I got an endorsement from Bishop Strickland? Right on the front uh, cover. I'm looking at it. Yep. 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 Bishop Coffey, Dr. Ray Garinde. Who's he? Who's who's Dr. Ray Garinde? I don't know him. Huh? Who's Dr. Ray (laughs) Garinde? I think Dr. Ray (laughs) Garinde. And, of course, uh, Sister Didi. Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. Uh, Sweetie, we're out of time. Give us a landing page real quick so we can tell people where to go. Abortionandteens.com. Abortionandteens.com. All righty. Love you. Thanks for all your great work. And we'll see you this weekend on the Catholic View for Women. We'll be right back on a Friday. Stay tuned. Did you know Franciscan University of Steubenville offers a Master's of Arts in Catholic Studies? Our unique program offers courses from many academic disciplines. Literature, biology, art, theology, psychology, all taught from a distinctly Catholic perspective. This 100% online program can be completed in just one year. Learn to see the world through a Catholic lens with a Master's in Catholic Studies from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find out more at franciscan.edu slash mcs. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. He was a Jesuit, a cardinal, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Robert Bellarmine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, including helping to draft two important catechisms that defended church teachings during the Protestant Revolt. 
Pope Clement VIII named Bellarmine a cardinal because, as the Pope put it, Bellarmine had not his equal for learning. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Now is a great time to learn about CMF Curo as a pro-life Catholic health care option for your family. You can join any time throughout the year. Plus, you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your health, spirit, mind, and body. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. Thanks so much for listening to Catholic Connection. And just remember, if you're a new listener or not, if you've been on board with us for a while, you may not know that we are co-produced, actually, by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. And you can find us both online, all kinds of great resources, at EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. Now, I give you those websites quite often because I want to remind you, if you heard something on the show today, yesterday, last week, you can go to those websites and you can go to the archive sections or you can look them up and we have records of them for you. And if you heard, let's say, maybe about a book or a document, you can certainly go to EW Chan in the religious catalog to order an item or you can look up any type of encyclical or papal document or information about any of our shows there as well. So these are great resources in addition to great Catholic radio every day. We'll see you next time on Catholic Connection. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Save the date. Father Thomas D'Souza has secured, with the help of Bishop Michael Olson of Fort Worth, a visit from the relics of St. Bernadette, which are touring the United States for the first time. The relics will be available to venerate from Wednesday, July 20th, through Saturday, July 23rd at Our Lady of Lourdes Parish in Mineral Wells. The only other stop of the relics in Texas will be in the Archdiocese of Houston. Do not miss this wonderful opportunity for healing and prayer. For more information, call 940-325-4789. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We are located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. 
Blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.